This month I have to be completely honest. I wish I had some amazing tale or life-changing story about the film we're about to watch, or at the very least a nice anecdote from the summer of 2004 that even vaguely relates to the topic. Unfortunately, it was just a simple case of seeing an amusing comedy that I greatly enjoyed in the moment and didn't think about much after. That was until the following year, when the film became virtually inescapable in everyday life. No matter where I went, I was bombarded with Vote for Pedro shirts, goofy dance parodies, and completely atrocious impressions of memorable lines from the movie. I spent last summer with my uncle in Alaska hunting wolverines, gosh! Yeah, just like that. These constant references to the film were so annoying that they really mired my original memories, so much so that I never watched the movie again. Until now. That movie was Napoleon Dynamite. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years, watch it, and decide, does it, hold up. I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longineau. And welcome everybody to episode 14. Thank you for stopping by. To the Hold Up Podcast. Back to school days. That's uh, in keeping with the theme of our movie tonight, Napoleon Dynamite. All the kids are going back to school, getting ready to get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) Brag about their summers, perhaps. What? What kind of school experience do you have? It's been a long time, to be honest. I couldn't even tell you what I did at the first day of school, (laughs) other than be kind of bummed out I was going to school. I I have no (laughs) real memory of it. But before we dive into tonight's movie, we got emails, John. Yeah. From two previous episodes. We doubled our number of emails to two. <laughs> well, <laughs> one you, to two. Two times as many emails. Usually tonight. we get emails for the previous episode, but we recorded the last two episodes so close to one another that we are, are now barraged with both emails. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, I'm, I'm happy we got them. Thank you, everyone, for writing yeah. in. All both of you. Yeah, both of you. Thank you for writing in at uh, holduppodcast at gmail.com. Our first letter comes from our old friend, Ray Morton. He hey, is, Ray. Hey, Ray. How's he doing? Did he write us like a pen pal letter? Just he sure it? did. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Thinking about you. <laughs> Have a good summer. <laughs> LOL. Get laid. Uh, no, he's writing about our grab bag episode. He says, very much enjoyed the grab bag episode. I was chiming in on all the topics as you guys discussed them. Great subjects, and there's lots to say on all of them. Made me wish I was there just to enjoy the back and forth. I loved your tribute to Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. I really enjoy hearing someone talk about a movie they love because it allows me to see it in a new way. I was intrigued by the discussion about how Batman versus Superman might be looked back on as an example of the bleakness of our times. It brought me back to a topic I've been mulling over a lot lately, the difference between the bleak and gritty films of the 70s, which I think were a genuine reflection of the times, and those of today, which feel to me less authentic, a style or an affectation rather than a genuine statement, something put on much like the way some modern filmmakers add CG grain to their images to make them seem more 70s, which of course speaks volumes about our time as well. I agreed with you both about directors whose work doesn't necessarily hold up in retrospect. Two solid choices there with good supporting reasons. He's talking about our choices of John Hughes and Peter Jackson, folks. Ooh, yes. Finally, I've decided I need to come back just so we can do a three-hour episode in which I explain to John Longino just how wrong, tragically, fundamentally, woefully, misguidedly wrong he is about Richard Donner's Superman. I promise to be gentle. I promise to be gentle as I relentlessly point out the error of his thinking. Happy anniversary and keep up the good work. 
Well, Ray, I guess if you want to waste three hours dying on a hill, uh, a wrong hill, I, you know, <laughs> you're welcome to stop by. I, I don't really see it changing my opinion, but you know. <laughs> but actually, I, you know what? That's very ignorant of me to say. Who knows? You should listen to people. Maybe they will change your. Opinion. I was going to say maybe he can convince you. Thank you for writing in, Ray. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Absolutely. Thanks, Ray. Uh, John, we also got another email. What? Yeah, this one was in regards to our Halloween episode, and it comes to us from Eric. Eric writes, Hi, Johns. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Caught the latest episode of The Holdup last night around the discussion about Rob Zombie's Halloween abomination. Oh. Like one of the Johns, sorry, can't match the voice with the name yet. Uh, it was me, me, John, not other John. <laughs> I don't know how people are getting confused about which I know. which. How, when we sound so different and our names are so different. <laughs> uh, I, too, really get offended when a studio tries to reboot a franchise by taking over the origin story. Rocky did this, Rambo did this, and Halloween did this. All extremely terrible ideas. <laughs> Man, harsh, harsh words from Eric. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that in a moment. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, it took me a while, but the only one I was able to do with a degree of success was Battlestar Galactica. But I digress. No, you don't. I love Battlestar Galactica. I, I'm glad you enjoyed that, too. It is one of my well, favorite Well, I love it, too. That doesn't, that doesn't change anything now. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to pimp it out. It's, it's great. Because you're right, from now on, when discussing the movie, you have to append the year to the movie you're talking about. At any rate, this episode is definitely your best one. Great job. Ooh. Oh, wow. Because we fought a lot. Our two most popular episodes are the two where we went at each other's <laughs> throats for hours on end. Makes sense. Well, as, uh, we both work in reality television, so we know how it goes. It's yep. understandable. BTW, small flub during the discussion. One of you mentioned that they tried something different with Halloween 4, but I think you were referring to Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I'll never be able to get that damn shamrock jingle out of my head. Thanks, and maybe do a John Carpenter's Thing versus The Thing 2011? Eric. Thank you, Eric. Yes, thank you, Eric. That was great. Yes. Now, uh, he he raised a couple of points. The first one I'll bring up immediately was, um, I understand listening to our episode, how he could think when you said Halloween 4 did something interesting that you might have been accidentally remembering Halloween 3. Uh, what I have to confess to you, Eric, is uh, our Halloween episode was one of our longest recorded episodes. I think we went over three hours. Yeah. And we talked at great length about Halloween 3. So Nelson is actually not confused. What ended up happening was I just sort of edited that part out for time. And then I could totally see how it, it, out of context it sounds like he might be misunderstanding but john what did you mean by halloween 4 did something interesting well halloween 4 was the sort of the pre-reboot of the halloween franchise the where they were return of michael myers yeah the return of michael myers they were sort of starting the franchise over again and it, it, it that movie was sort of just a you know let's hit the ground running and try something you know a little different with michael myers and then the next two movies veered into this weird like curse of the thorn cult and how <laughs> and it gave a back again it gave a backstory to michael myers which we both agree sure. is a huge mistake it was interesting though because it's like it saw this cult as like turning michael myers into a weapon for their use which is like an awesome idea terrible for halloween franchise but a, it's an interesting idea which is why i i, I raised that point because i thought right. halloween four and five were interesting in that way that it's like oh yeah. there's this serial killer and he's a part of a larger so universe he did something interesting was add a weird thorn cult that's controlling him basically. right basically yeah. add cliffhangers yeah. that don't make any sense and then when they <laughs> finally explain the whole thing you're like oh god yeah why um, 
Also, uh, to Eric's last point about doing a John Carpenter's thing versus the thing 2011, people keep bringing up the thing yeah. quite often as a movie that they want to see in a holdup. And we, we've already mentioned this in a previous episode, but we don't feel there's any need because it's a fine film. We love it. It's actually one um, of our favorites. Actually, I actually haven't seen the 2011, I, I guess, remake or sequel or no, whatever you want to call it. I do think it's it's interesting that Eric takes such an offense to reboots and reimaginings and the thing itself is a remake yeah, of well, the thing from another world. Well, I assume I, he's making a joke. So in addition to Battlestar, you can actually add John Carpenter's The Thing as an incredibly successful remake or reimagining because I, I love it. I also have to address the, uh, the, the Rocky Rambo thing. I have to say, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, uh, your mileage may vary. I actually, I assume you're talking about Creed. I love Creed. I think Creed is an amazing movie. I, I agree. I actually really enjoyed Creed as well. I know a lot of people seem to have a kind of beef of like, it's just a remake of, of Rocky. Well, they have a beef with like, The Force Awakens being a remake right. of Star Wars, but I got to tell right. you folks, I don't care. <laughs> it's fun. Again, opinions vary. People, you know, there's not a wrong opinion here, but it's like, there's a lot of movies. It's like, yeah, of course they're remakes of something we've seen before, like without being remakes. That's fine. I'm fine with it. Uh, Creed Honestly, is a, like most stories are, if you really boil Sure. And let's be perfectly 100% honest. Creed is not the first remake of the Rocky movie. Rocky 2, 3, 4, 5, <laughs> 6 are all remakes of uh, the Rocky movie. You know? It, so... I don't know. I, to me, like Creed is actually taking it in an interesting new direction. Absolutely. So, so I have um, no beef with that. And I'm not sure what you're talking about with Rambo. I know they were going to do like. I assume he's talking about just the movie Rambo. But I mean, then for all intents and purposes, that just is a sequel. Well, I, mean, I know for a hot minute they were going to do a TV show with, oh, with Sylvester okay. Stallone. And then his son was going to be the new generation of Rambos. But it, it like immediately fell off. So maybe he just sort of means spiritually dusting off a long dormant franchise with some sort of re doing or rethinking of it and right i get you know it was a long time between rambo 3 and rambo right um by the way that's the most confusing series of movies <laughs> in the world right it's first, first blood first blood rambo, rambo first blood part two rambo three and rambo and then rambo, <laughs> that's just that's the most amazing series of like that's almost change a thing uh thank you eric for writing in that was great and now to the matter at hand Yes, Napoleon Dynamite. So this is my pick for this month, and uh, I'm, I really wanted to watch this one, uh, mainly because I think it kind of encompasses the spirit of what our show's about. Yes. Now, granted, I, I've only seen it maybe twice or something, and it was all, both times were back in 2004 when it came out, but my memory of that movie was that it was um, sort of this sleeper hit of the summer of 2004. Yeah, my wife and I went and saw it. We had heard you know good things about it. We went and saw it in a half empty theater and we were and uh i i just remember like well people are talking big about it it looks like one of those you know goofy sundance indie movies yeah. which i think it was the buzz was pretty big actually in fact at the time uh, my brother was going to school in dc and he actually had an internship with a pr company that organized screenings of oh, nice. films for critics and, and whatnot and so my brother saw a screening of napoleon dynamite well before release like maybe like months before release nice fell in love with it and told me about it so i had this weird um situation where i had been told all about the movie for months went and saw it the day it opened oh with like me and one other person and some guy in the back of the room there was like nobody there <laughs> really and i was like this is great and then proceeded to have it 
become a thing like over the next few months maybe we should just talk a bit about what it's about yeah what are your memories of it since you saw it in 2004 i think i may have seen it more recently but probably not much more recently when's the last time you saw it uh well i saw it when it came out and then uh i bought the dvd and you know watched the dvd when that came out sure. but that would have been you know 2005 five so six yeah that would probably be the last time i saw it right well i saw it the summer of 2004 when it came out and right. then i think i took someone back to see it again like a few months later so I made, I saw it twice in the summer of 2004, and then my memories of it are, it was a very funny, kind of, at the time, felt very original and interesting movie about, it's basically about this, like, nerdy high school guy right. named Napoleon Dynamite, who's uh, played by, oh, what's his name? Something. John Heater. John Heater. Uh, I'll also point out, I have done... No looking up or research or anything. This is like the yes. vaguest of memories. Well, so of course, I, this is the holdup. We have a bold no research yes. policy for this. So forgive me if I sound a little off, but I, I just literally am coming in cold. This is kind of my vague memories of Napoleon Dynamite. But yes, John Heater, he plays this Napoleon Dynamite, and he's sort of a, a goofball, a very strange personality. And I think that's a lot of what the comedy of the movie was. It was right. in that performance, like... Like John Heater's performance was very memorable and very off and strange, and he would kind of just swallow everything and oh gosh and oh and and just kind of almost like someone with like a mental disorder or something. It was like borderline kind of issues. Yeah, I think they were sort of like kind of hinting at a kid who's maybe like on the spectrum or a little yeah. bit. But uh, yeah, and, and but they were also I think going for a type that everybody knew that's the funny thing is it's like you haven't seen this character or these characters because everybody's sort of got something about them that's kind of off which i liked right. about the movie um but uh, you've seen this character in your own life many times and you just don't have a, a name for it or whatever it's just oh it's that weirdo guy or that you know goofy kid or the quiet girl or whatever and they managed to find all of these characters that we've all met in life and kind of put them together and recreate at least my high school experience to some, sure. well, actually more my junior high experience. High school, I feel like we were a little more sophisticated than uh, the the characters portrayed yeah, in this film. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, as you and I know, we're both incredibly nerdy and we had many nerdy friends and I don't think anyone in my social circle was like this much of a pariah as right. like Napoleon Dynamite was. Like, he he's so socially obtuse that I don't think it's terribly relatable in that way. I mean, yeah. yes, he is a nerd, but like, like he's like incredibly off off putting is not the right word just very quite an oddball well movies do this thing and and movies and tv and sort of popular culture have sort of decided that like high school is the epitome of the worst childhood years whereas I mean, because I mean, they are. For a lot of people, they are. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. There are a, a number of people that, you know, point to high school as their worst time in life. But, for, you know, from my own experience, high school was like, you're not getting dumped in trash cans. And, you know, you're not having the same right. sort of, like, goofy movie experiences that a lot of people have. So I think, yeah, I don't know. But Movies kind of create that weird reality sure. sometimes. But what's actually interesting about Napoleon Dynamite is he is that kind of nerdy guy but i at least from my memory i don't recall a lot of like bullying or physical abuse against him or anything really extreme there's it's, nothing really extreme no no yeah i mean he might be getting made fun of a bit or something but there, there's no like head in the toilet or pantsing or just full-on super humiliation right that i remember it's more like he's just kind of weird and it's and it's a joke Right. Um, but and sort of endearing in a way. Well, I think it's endearing to the audience because, again, I think we see 
ourselves in it. I think we see our own goofiness and our because I, I like the character choices they make. You know, it's like you're talking about. It's like, well, I, I I had this experience. I was in Alaska or whatever. You know, the goofy shit he says. Sure. And we've all like said stupid shit in the moment and you're like thinking to yourself why am i saying this i can't ever back this up and if anybody calls me on it i'm fucked I'm just describing my entire life it, just, but that, that, and especially <laughs> in high school sure. i just feel like just shit comes out of your mouth that you're just like i, I don't know why i'm yeah. saying this but we're talking about um and maybe or maybe for you it is i don't know but we're talking about napoleon diamond like it's it's kind of a relatable movie or it's reflecting a time that we remember which right. i think some of it is but I would argue that Napoleon Dynamite himself, for at least from what I remember him acting like, he has more in common with someone like Pee Wee Herman right. than he does any sort of memory of a real person. Like he, he's the movie is almost a cartoon. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's being real or realistic. Right. Well, anymore. like I say, I think I, I think the choices that they make are more like relatable than the entire character being just a series of like right. quirks and choices. I think they take as many as they can find and throw them into you know all these characters. But again, there's something charming and endearing to the way they they. they it's almost like a trick they shouldn't be able to pull off, but they do at least in memory. Right. I, I, right. I, I say From this having I not seen the movie in 10 years right. or whatever, but you know, right. I, Cause it is kind of sweet in a way. Like I know there's, I think romance is kind of a strong word, but I remember there's a, a girl that he is kind of befriends. Right. And she was in a couple other movies before, like yes. indie movies. I she was also in Veronica name. Mars yes. uh, as Mac. As right. I remember, I remember her character, Veronica Mars cannot remember the actress's name for the life of me forgive us but she this is the first thing i ever saw her in oh okay and then he also had his friend pedro i remember him right because there's a whole school election plot and yeah the, there's the an election for pedro I, shirt and i remember all that they managed to squeeze in every high school trope there's <laughs> right. like there's an election there's a dance you know there's a talent show there's right. you know i don't even know what all let's rattle them up like what are the big everyone remembers about napoleon diamond it's like him dancing in front of the school sure, the big dance at sequence. the stage uh, we talked about vote for Pedro. Like I remember that was the thing. He wore the shirt, right? And his friend Pedro's like running for the class presidency that he's definitely, obviously, not going to win, right? What I remember the most, to be honest, and and I think what my favorite part of the movie was was his uncle, Uncle Rico. I don't know if you remember this character. I don't remember Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico is like kind of steals the movie actually, uh-huh. because. What's interesting, we're talking about Napoleon Dynamite, like he's sort of strange and an oddball, but that that description is not limited to just him. Like he has a brother that's very bizarre right. and has like an online relationship and that's all he wants to talk about. But then he they, they are being looked after by their uncle, Uncle Rico, who's a guy that I don't know his name, but I've seen he's a character actor that's been a lot of stuff. He was like on Lost for a hot minute as like Ben Linus's dad in the past. I don't know if you remember that oh, okay. guy. And then he's in, um, he's one of the crew in the Taken movies that are like Liam Neeson's friends. Oh shit. He's like one of those guys. Fuck, it's going to be so embarrassing when I see him and go, oh right, this yeah. guy. I don't remember his name, but he is playing Uncle Rico and his whole plot is he's making, you know, he looks down on Napoleon Dynamite and his brother, but then he won't stop talking about his glory days in high school football. Right. Like, like the part I vividly remember is he's just says something like, I could throw that football over that damn mountain or something like that. <laughs> right. Like, like he's just can't let go of his fucking football. He's, I think he's literally holding a football the entire movie or half of it. <laughs> um, and just something about that, like that this man, like, like the jock that was in his prime in high school has passed his prime 
by many years. Right. And now it's just this asshole sitting around and all he wants to talk about is his time in high school. The very definition of the dude who peaked in high school. Yes. I found that really awesome. And then, but what's really interesting is there, I think there's a plot about a time machine. <laughs> like, cause he's, he is remembering his glory days in the past. And I think him and the, I forgot Napoleon Dynamite's brother's name, but he's the nerdy guy with glasses, which actually just describes half the film. I was going to say that's but, also Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> that's also him. But you know what I'm talking about? The guy, the guy that's like on the computer all the time. Right. I think he online finds a, uh, like a plans to make a time machine and him and uncle Rico are like, making a time machine together. Okay. So they take this high school jock and then have him just do like the weirdest that like he actually believes right. that they're going to be able to construct I don't a time remember machine. any of this. Yeah. It's crazy. That really sticks out for some reason. I rem- I, Jesus. I just describe Uncle Rico as like he as if he was the main character, but he's not. But <laughs> I, I, I like that part. I just remember they have a llama too, like in the backyard yes. that he has to feed for some reason. Eat the food. Eat the food. And then his mom or the food. whoever his female caretaker is comes out and, Napoleon, come have a quesadilla. Yes. Actually, um, now that you mention that, that's kind of my sort of worry going back to rewatch this because all my memories are those like, oh, he, they said quesadilla funny. Right. Or he said Wolverines and had a weird affect as he like sighs. Well, I think surprise was definitely a big part of this movie. I, right. You know, if you didn't know what you were in for, then if, if you were of the right mindset, I think this movie could kind of take you away. And if you were, again, if you were open, it would just be hilarious. But I've seen other movies by this director and he tries the same sort of thing and it just doesn't click. Like, I haven't seen. I know he made Nacho Libre, like Nacho which, Libre I, which I haven't seen. Which I was like so excited for. It I had Jack Black in it. And I went to the. You know, I, I actually think I got to see a preview screening of that one, and I was so excited. And I just kind of came out going, "Meh, that was fine, right. I guess." Is my memory correct that a lot of the cast and the people that made the movie are Mormon? I want to say like they, they're I in think Idaho. So. Well, I, I think say John Heater might be Mormon. I believe he is. Yes, and then the director. Well, I think it's one of those cases oh, where the director knew John, like John was, Heater and the director knew each other. What's the director's other. name? I, I don't know. We don't remember? We don't, I don't. Oh, man. I don't do research on this oh, shit. Oh, no. It's something. Oh. The DVD case is like literally right in front of us and we <laughs> refuse to turn right. it over. I'm, I'm going to reach over and I'm going to look. You're violating the know. principles of this very podcast with every move you make, John Longino. Okay. He's dis- Nelson, oh. I'm looking at the director's name. Oh, God. I'm going to give you the initials. This is so embarrassing. I'm going to give you the initials. Let's see if you can do it. No. J-H. No. Got nothing? I got nothing. What if it starts with a Jared uh-huh. and ends with a S? Hey, close. Jared Hess? Yes. Okay. There you go. You got it! Yeah! yeah. Remember I, I remember that purely out of... <laughs> God, this is terrible. I feel like him and John Heater had the same career path that was like, oh, Napoleon Dynamite is huge. Let's give you a movie. Let's give you a movie. Right. Oh, that didn't work. Bye. <laughs> like, I, John Heater was in this, and he was in Blades of Glory, right? The the Will... Uh, yeah. Oh, I know it intimately. I was, I, I, I was in it. Oh, yeah. right, right. You're in Blades of Glory. I'm in Blades of Glory. I forgot that. Oh man. Anyway, that's that's probably too much of a tangent. But yeah, I was gonna say. Well, that's a story for another. That's a that's a whole other podcast. Should that ever happen? Did you have any FaceTime with John Heater? I did. How, well, how is he? John Heater had FaceTime with me. Mm-hmm. I was in a mascot suit. Oh, there you go. And that's all I'll tell of that story. Actually, what happened was I was on that movie. I was in a mascot suit. He could see me, and I couldn't see him. So we chatted, quote unquote. <laughs> 
right. on set. And then later on in life, I ended up uh, standing in front of him in, at the Arclight in uh, Sherman Oaks. Oh, really? And I turned to him and I was like, well, I apologize for violating the uh, confidentiality here, but I don't know when else I'm going to say this. We were in Blades of Glory together. I was the one in the suit. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and you know we chatted in a line sure. in a movie theater so that's you know that was my FaceTime with John Heater but uh, like I say uh, glory tale for another day sure sure but if we're talking about Napoleon Dynamite in addition to talking about just our memories in the movie which I actually is there anything else that you I honestly I mean in talking about it I realize I remember vaguely like almost nothing, nothing about this I, I remember the you know spoiler alert folks for you who haven't seen Napoleon Dynamite I remember the tetherball scene at the end very yes. vividly because I thought it was like... Do you remember the song that was playing? I do not. Okay. Do I you? Do, I do. What is it? That song is by When in Rome, and it's called Promise. The Promise? Uh-huh. It's the one that's like... I'm sorry, but I'm just thinking of the right words to say. Oh, yes. I know they yes. don't sound the way I plan them. Like that thing. I well, I do... Playing. Yeah, that. I mean... The way you say that, and the, like the the way they dressed, the aesthetic of the movie. This was sort of the beginning of the '80s, like movie nostalgia period that we are like smack in the middle I mean, of. I would say maybe something like the Wedding Singer was probably ahead of that. Well, that was way ahead of yeah. that, though. It like it was so far ahead that it like stuck out, right? And then like ten years later, sure. then like all the movies kind of fell. Yeah, you this, know, this was like head to toe soundtrack of like all these eighties songs. Yeah, it's it, uh, you know, movies do that same thing that like fashion does, which is like every right. thirty years that thing that oh the fifties are back. Well let's do that. And then, you know, you recycle decades for a while and movies are sort of doing the eighties right now. Dovetailing into the nineties yes. slowly. But this movie this movie was like the eighties in soundtrack only. Like like it was set kind of present day. It was set present. It was most definitely set present yeah. day, but there was a, a feeling of the eighties which gave me the feeling that like, oh, the the director or the writers or whoever all they were my age, it felt yeah. like, or or at least close to my age. So it's that like, oh, sense. they remember the eighties. So this is like, like Oh, these were the songs when I was in high school. Yeah. So I'll just use It's the those. present, quote unquote, but it's okay. like it feels like what it felt like when we were growing up. Because there's like cell phones and technology, but like, again, you say the brother who's online, he's the only one. There's like right. nobody else in this town has a computer. It's like <laughs> practically dialing up, right? Right. It's like, yeah, it's everybody. Which now is just insane. Like, yeah. Everyone's well, online. yeah. Ten years later yeah. now, if you didn't have a, a phone that could do all that shit. Then... Actually, the idea that there's a character that's like, what a nut. He's on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's, talk about dated. Like, I think that, that was... The first and the last time they could do that joke of like, oh, he's quote unquote dating somebody online and then right. the movie ends with his marriage or whatever. I think that's that's that well, one time. As a man that met a woman online and married her. Oh, shit. I can sympathize. But that's not a joke. That's your life. I know. <laughs> the Pauline Dynamite is my life. <laughs> no. What I remember so much more than the movie is sort of the backlash to the movie. What would you call that? The front lash? The popularity the, la yeah, surge? The current lash? Like, I don't, like, as it was getting popular, there was definitely a snarky kind of hate on the movie. Actually, it's interesting because we did a podcast on the Blair Witch Project, and I'd right. say that movie suffered a similar fate. Like a movie that's, I see what you're saying. Okay. that's like virtually unknown, right. comes out, has this mass appeal and mass like, oh, my, you got to see it. Oh, my God. And then it hits the radar of people that like maybe don't really care about it or it's not really meant for. Then there's this backlash of like, what the fuck is this? Why is everyone liking yeah, this? Yeah, why so do much? people like this shit? This thing sucks, right? right? You know? And I feel like there was so many people like that with this movie, but 
in a weird way, unlike um, Blair Witch Project, which I think sort of unjustly got hated on, this movie, people, I, at least in my experience, I don't know if your experience was like this. I'm actually curious to know. But my experience was that, like, my cousins and every other friend I had and everyone I knew was just regurgitating this movie at everybody. Sure. To the point where it was kind of irritating. I yeah. liken it to the... Uh, like Rick James sketch from the Chappelle show. Austin Powers. Yeah. Austin, just, well, yeah. Actually, Austin Powers would be another one we, oh we might God. need to check out at some point. It, I, I would say it suffers. Yeah. It suffers an identical problem to Austin Powers, which is like, again, the moments just get remembered, but we, we remember yeah, the moments. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. remember the punchlines and the moments, right. but we don't remember the plot. We don't remember anything besides like these, you know, goofy whatever's that people took away from the movie. And I, yeah, people were really angry about them, like really quickly, right. like you say. Like the the vote for Pedro T-shirts were not out for like two weeks. It felt like before <laughs> yeah. people was like, "Fuck that fucking movie!" <laughs> right? Like Hot Topic, like printed the first batch, <laughs> sent them out, or like Oz stores opened their doors, and every like the first wave of vote for Pedro shirts went out there, and then. A week later, people right. getting like punched in the face, <laughs> right? or yeah. people were wearing like "Vote for Ashley" shirts, which I think was the competition. That was the oh, was girl okay. that was actually like the popular girl. I think it's "Vote for Ashley." Let's see if I'm right about that. But people, that was like the "fuck you," right? People were like, "No, I'm voting for the." And then people were just like, "I don't know." There were so many of those shirts around, though. Like I, I remember that a lot. Tater tots. That was another one. Yes. Ta I sorry. I, that just like sprung into my head. Yes. Like his I don't obsession even remember the with tater tots. I think he puts some in his pocket. Maybe. Well, like he's he's eating he lunch and he them, puts right? he he takes them from his lunch tray and puts them in like the pocket of his pants. It's right. the side pocket too. It's not even his pocket. It's like that. Right. Those like it's um you know the military like the surplus. Pouch pouches yeah. on your yeah yeah isn't he like oh just in case i get hungry later or something right like and that. then he starts eating him in class and right. the kid next to him says hey dude give me a tater tot and he doesn't and then he, the dude kicks him and mushes up his tater tots which is yes one of the saddest scenes in the whole movie yeah i guess that is kind of like because it's wasting tater tots man. i know it's it's very sad disgusting i know you're right like it's all it's very interesting that you say that that it is the the bits and the moments and the punchlines without the context of what led up to it and how does it play in the actual movie? That That's what I'm super curious to see. Like, does the movie still play? I dare say we did Garden State a few episodes ago. This feels almost virtually like that. It's like the, you know, the 10 years right. later version of Garden State. It's like there's Instead this of the art house movie. It's the it's like goofy comedy movie. Yeah, it's the goofy comedy movie that everybody uh, loved and loathed. So speaking of which, John, uh, time to make a bet, I believe. What, oh, yes. Where do you fall down on the Napoleon Dynamite holding up if... That is a good question, as it always is. Um, my you seem surprised that I'm asking it at this. No, no. I, I'm more just surprised that I hadn't thought about the answer yet. <laughs> <laughs> you would think it's my pick. It's my movie. I think I'm hopeful for a holds up. I think that's where I'm at. I think my suspicion is that all the hate and all the anger is all what I said it is. It's out of context. It's people regurgitating at secondhand annoyance right at the quoting of what actually is a pretty funny movie right so my suspicion and hope is that we're going to watch it and it's still funny uh, i think it will hold up the only caveat is that it might have come at a time humor wise where it was fresh and new and 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 took us kind of by surprise whereas yeah. now many years later it's it's been what 12, 12 years yeah. yeah comedy 
comedy changes a lot in 12 years, especially yeah. subversive comedy, mm-hmm. which in the early 2000s was kind of on the edge and now is pretty fucking mainstream yeah the comedy of awkwardness was really like sort of where you know every you know the the progressives were at you know the office and things like that were sort of like i think this is before like curb your enthusiasm right before you know all of those types of shows yeah just uh, taking the next step and like well it's it's almost barely con there's not even really jokes in there it's just watching characters do awkward things and sort of either recognizing the foibles of humanity or whatever in them. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm rooting for it to hold up. Me I want well. it to hold up because I remember really loving it that first time I saw it. And and it was one of those that I, and I think this is a lot of people's experience. It was a surprise. It was like people had said, oh, you're going to love it. And you're like, why? And you're like, just go see it. And then you saw it. It's like, oh, it's sweet. It's funny. It shows you a thing you don't see every day. So it was, you know, it was a nice surprise. And I'm hoping that that stays uh true and i as well cool all right well anything else to add any other memories caveats wishes hopes fears dreams no i I think tell me what you dreamed last night Uh, i can't i i almost never remember my dreams unfortunately well if we have nothing else to add then i think it's time to go watch napoleon dynamite let's do it vote for pedro vote for ashley Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. You know, like nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. That was cool. Worst day of my life? What do you think? (laughs) Idiot. What kind of bike do you have? It's a sledgehammer. Dang, you ever take it off any sweet jumps? What are you drawing? A liger. What's a liger? It's my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mixed. Why are you so sweaty? I've been practicing some dance moves. Is Trisha here? Is that in my driveway? That's my ride. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, I had a good time watching that. <laughs> I f- I'm in a good mood. I didn't sleep. That's that's a plus. Well, that's yeah, that's a new one. I stayed conscious through the entire film. It's already got a leg up on our last couple of uh, entries. Well, it's a short film. That's true. Generously short, actually. I, but I think rightfully so. I, I like the smooth 90 minutes. Yeah, I could. Uh, more movies could stand to be uh, a svelte ninety minutes or less. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, especially comedies like any comedy that's like over two hours is, is already fucked Just up. So. Cruising for a bruising. Initial thoughts. I, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to. I'll like, I'll straight up just come out with it right now. I, I thought it held up just fine. Like, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this viewing. What about you? I say it held up too. I would say that it was like a pleasant rewatch. I think the first time I saw it, it was genuinely like surprising. And of course, sure, when you know it's yes. coming, it's not the same experience. Yeah. And for the first half hour of the movie, I was enjoying myself, but it was kind of like. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Like kind of nostalgia laughing almost. And I was kind of worried that like, well, I mean, does vague amusement count as holding <laughs> up? I, I mean, right. this is fun and all, but like, but then for whatever reason, I don't know. It just started to like really kick in, like, especially around the, the, the dance scene. The first, you know, yeah. The, well, I think cause it escalates on its own kind of weird 
comedic sense. Right. Like, you are correct in that everyone's first view, or at least certainly my first viewing of this movie, was met with, like, a, a shock of, like, wow. Like, just, yeah. just the the tone and the kind of the style, the aesthetic was all fresh and cool. And you're right that that aspect of it doesn't really hold up in terms of being surprised. Like, it can't surprise you. I mean, I remember the first time I saw it, the first shot is of... John Heater as Napoleon Dynamite standing on the end of the street waiting <laughs> right. for the just staring with this blank vacant stare off into nowhere and he does it for a while and it's just hilarious to watch the like the first time I can remember like busting up laughing at it <laughs> right. and this time it's like oh that's right okay well, here it, we go it really got me even on this viewing when he's doing that blank stare and then it's just accompanied with like <laughs> just that's like that's the first line it's just a sigh it's just a, and i was a, like that's about right you know? yeah that was that was perfect yeah i but then uh i think it's actually the the deb character the tina marjorie is that her name we finally figured out yes um mac for baraka mars that's mac all i will mars, right. refer to her as that's all i know her as um Every scene she's in is like it, it she kind of brings a little extra to the film anyway and then when they go to the dance it's like her she and Pedro end up going together cuz he you know asked her first and then Napoleon manages to score a date through kind of mischievous means sure <laughs> so he manages to get to the dance and then once he's there it's it, it <sighs> It's awkward, and his date abandons him, and he's kind of and the three like basically of them, immediately, yeah, immediately, yeah. and so he and Pedro and Deb are sort of standing there, and it's just that awkward teenage like I don't know what to do with myself. He asks Deb to dance, and then they start dancing, and they have the most awkward exchange of just like <laughs> I like he like touches How are your her glamour photos going. Yeah, he yeah. touches her puffy sleeves, is like <laughs> I like her sleeves, and her like nervous reaction because she's also charmed by him and doesn't know how to react to him and, and I, I don't know there's something about that scene that Why, is just so yeah, yeah. like sweet <laughs> sure. and like genuine and i i don't know for me that's where the movie just really kicks in is where it's like okay right we've well, seen these awkward losers for the first half of this movie just kind of being awkward losers and now it's sort of you know they get their moment yes no i agree with you that is where the movie definitely kicks into its next gear but i there's a lot of things i sort of have to take back from our first part of discussing right. this movie <laughs> when uh i didn't remember it very well there's a lot of that one i i would say your memory and take of the theme of the movie is much more correct you were kind of saying oh i have like it reminds me of high school it's sort of endearing and anything right and i was just like oh no it's just like dumb for dumb's sake and it, and you'd even said, oh, no, there's like bullying and, and, right. and him being beaten up by kids. And I had I was like, what are you talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> there totally is. I like I yeah, just it's like the first to my memory. Yeah, the first few minutes, somebody's like and it's not even like it's bullying. And it's definitely like a dude beating him up. But it's just like a dude grabbing his head and throwing yeah, him against the locker around and just stupid shit. Yeah. But but anyway, I, I think your view was a little more right than than I remembered, especially with the school dance. I like that you brought that up because that right. is the scene that like everyone's been to like a shitty high school dance that right. sucks ass and, and it's super awkward and weird and like no one knows what to do. And and I think that's the framing of the movies interesting because they take these kind of touchstone moments that everyone has experienced. Right. And you can totally watch and be like, oh yeah, been there. But it's it's through this weird like hyper real version of it right so like all of us kind of have a 
side of us that was kind of like Napoleon and his friends, but not like literally. Right. And, well, I, and I think it is more endearing than, than I kind of remembered it being. Well, and again, I think he plays a character who represents a human being that exists and that we all know. But the great thing about it is that like we all identify with his awkwardness, I think, which he, he toes some magical line with this performance where it's like, yeah, I didn't I wasn't like him as a kid. But I kind of was, you know what I mean? I was kind of awkward. I was kind of goofy. Again, saying stupid shit and just and and having the most fanciful bullshit just come out of your mouth. Like and especially when it came to like talking to girls, you know, at at a younger age than high school. But just like a girl would say something, you know, vaguely interesting. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I drew a a liger or whatever. So, you know, just like Napoleon Dynamite, just some stupid shit. So, well, I think the aspect of his character where he is very clearly uh, sort of socially awkward and very unpopular, but the way he talks about himself is always as if he's like hot shit. <laughs> There's something about that juxtaposition that I think <laughs> continues to be really funny right. and really holds the movie up well. Like him just, you know, <laughs> it's like Deb gives him a glamour shot because so Deb is like going door to door because she at work spread a glamour studio where she takes pictures and she's trying to get people to go there. And also she sells like knickknacks and friendship bracelets and stuff. Yeah. But she like hands him a glamour photo of a pretty lady saying like, wouldn't you like to look like this? And then, uh, Napoleon's brother, is like it was something about your mom. I don't remember, but she's oh, like, she's like, I want to earn money for college, and like from inside the house, <laughs> Napoleon's brother's like, your mom goes to college. Right. Your <laughs> mom goes to college. Or your mom <laughs> wants to earn money or something. And she, she's so upset that she runs away. So he's left with this picture, and it's things like the next day at lunch, he's with Pedro, and he busts out this glamour photo we j- literally just saw him receive. And he's like, yeah, here's a picture of my girlfriend. Pretty cool. Like, yeah, we go- I took her to the mall to get her hair done and have some glamour shot. And he's like, obviously lying. Yeah. And, and it's just, I don't know. There was something funny about that. Well, what's strange is it's like, there's a mix of like this bravado and yet self-awareness. Because like, he'll completely say something like, this is my girlfriend. And Pedro will just say, okay, sure. And it's never like, and, and then when it obviously becomes like not real it's like nobody says well what about your girlfriend it's it's just dry right it's just people just drop it. challenges him on this stuff right but the the self-awareness comes in that like at one point when he wants to ask a girl to the dance napoleon dynamite just has this realization like no one's gonna go with me and he has the great line of i don't have any skills <laughs> <laughs> now of course the skills he's talking about are nunchuck skills and bow skills. Yeah, just stupid junior high shit. Yeah, or like there's that line where he's just like, can you come get your stuff out of my locker because my nunchucks aren't <laughs> fitting in there anymore? It's, it's like a brag. <laughs> like his idea of what a girl is going to think is rad is just really silly and it's funny. Just, yeah, off in space. Yeah. But you know what the thing is? I, watching it again, it's 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 more subtle than I kind of remembered it, but like everybody in the movie has something about them that's awkward. Even the popular kids, there's something goofy about them. Like Right, like even the super cool guy who's who's summer oh by the way i got it wrong it's not ashley vote for ashley it was summer vote for summer which i can't believe i forgot because it's summer it, it could be summer all year long that right. what, a, what a great line but anyway she has a boyfriend 
this buzz cut 50 year old man <laughs> who's he's like playing a teenager in the movie but you're right like even he's kind of awkward like he's meant to be the cool guy but all he does is is basically like pantomime weird he just kind of mugs the whole looks. time yeah, just kind of like these sure cockeyed looks and there's a great scene where like they're performing like a sign language thing in the middle of the movie you know, napoleon dynamite and his you know uh, what is it helping hands they're performing magic like hands. magic hands. They're yeah. performing like the Rose, the Bette Midler song. <laughs> right. And he's just there mugging and just like, <laughs> stupid. And weirdly, like nobody in the class is like agreeing with yeah. him. There's some people who are bored. Well, and usually that guy would have a posse of like three people that were co-signing him. Right. He's just by himself. Yeah, there's absolutely to, to, like, nobody. on over stuff. Yeah, and... nobody's paying attention to his bullshit, which is hilarious. <laughs> and even Summer, who is like the closest thing to a normal person person in the movie even she has a great line where like she steps up to give her like you know she's running for president she steps up to give her speech and she says oh i never thought i'd get here and it's like what do you mean it's the speech <laughs> to get uh, for the election of course i mean it's just the right. stupidest most dumb childish line to say and it's like of course even the popular kids don't know you know they have their moments absolutely which i thought was great so i think also a quality to the film that that allows it to hold up really well or at least um view well is that it's very well paced yeah i know even for now i mean it's been 12 years but like it that movie you're, you're not bored watching it because one right. there's not really like much of a plot yeah like, there's like to, zero to plot so there's not a lot of plot tracking or wasted time of like setting anything up it's just these little vi- it's like a vignette movie like every right. scene's like here's a 30 second to two minute long little short film (laughs) about Skip and his internet girlfriend for like a minute and then then moving on to the next thing and 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 it just flows really nicely yeah it's paced really quickly and yet every scene is very languid so you have these like 45 (laughs) second scenes mostly of just Napoleon Dynamite or his friends staring into space or making a single comment (laughs) it's yeah, it's it's uniquely paced and and yeah, I, I guess that's right. I don't mean paced like they're whipping guns out and robbing banks. <laughs> right. It's like it's pretty minimal what's going on. I also think a lot of credit should be given to John Heater for a pretty g- damn good comedic performance. Like I know mm-hmm. I know he sort of got typecast from this and and no one could ever really see him as anything else, but like he ma- he makes some really intelligent funny choices with yeah. just his pacing. With his way of like randomly having a burrito in his hand to bite into oddly after every yeah moment. like every choice he makes he has to I mean it has to be calculated because it takes a lot of work to seem that really like off the cuff yeah because he's always he is him and his brother they both they've they've obviously like worked out this like family trait which is like <laughs> they'll be looking off to one side as if they're not paying attention. And then they'll whip their head around the other direction as if, like, you know, to, like, drink a drink or whatever. They'll just really quickly, yeah. like, whip their head back or to eat a, you know, chocolate yeah. bar. Or, like, a chug of Gatorade can't just be, like, a ginger sip. You know, it has to be this, <laughs> like, ridiculously over-the-top, like, romance novel shot of him, like, chugging whole hog like it's just all or nothing yeah at every moment which is pretty great well it's as if they are saying to themselves well this is the cool way to do this right but it looks terrible <laughs> right and, and they just spill drinks on themselves or they just look <laughs> stupid and you know what maybe looks like oh i'm just staring off into space that makes me cool and thoughtful it makes them look just like 
completely like a loser. <laughs> yeah. One thing I sort of neglected to remember was I, I declared Uncle Rico to be my favorite character, and I certainly nailed the description of his uh, obsession with his youth and his time uh, as a football guy. What I didn't remember was how, like, weird, rapey, creepy <laughs> Uncle Rico gets. Like, he straight up, like, crosses the pedophile zone, especially yeah. with that scene with Deb in the photo booth. Like, th the scene I'm talking about, in, in case it's been a while, is, like, he's... So, I guess Uncle Rico has these weird schemes to make money, and the first one is he's selling Tupperware. It's innocent enough. And then he, he graduates immediately to weird medication to increase your bus size for women <laughs> just right all the way creepy yeah he goes from zero to creepy in like no time at all exactly and then there's two scenes in particular both involving high school girls where it gets really strange where he he's pulling up in his like creep murder van <laughs> and it's summer and uh her friend uh what's her name oh Fuck. trisha trisha yeah right. and it's summer and trisha on the side of the road and he hands him out flyers for this bus size shit and he lingers looks at him <laughs> while he's like slowly driving away and that was just kind of funny weird creepy but then the scene with deb is he's double they he took photos earlier and you know she brought out a nice picture out of him or whatever and so he's back and he's like yeah billowy sounds good like let's take a photo and then while her fucking back is turned he just like ted bundy's his way up behind her like just like creeps up on her and she turns around and he's standing right in front of her and he hands her this like busk pamphlet and he's like when you're ready <laughs> and just yeah. yeah all he needs is like a knife and a clown suit to you know <laughs> right. fucking make the fucking picture complete and i i don't know why i didn't remember that but may maybe now that we both have daughters or something that's Maybe. the kind of shit that like went from funny to like well this is not cool like yeah what that's is completely inappropriate shit? what's weird is that i didn't remember it and then when i saw it i was like ew yeah. oh. hopefully this guy gets you know murdered or something and then at the end it's like oh maybe he'll get a girl and <laughs> it's like a pretty lady rolls up on a bike is like i'll be your girlfriend now or something yeah it's kind of weird yeah. that he sort of like everyone everyone else gets their happy ending too so i guess why yeah. not but like actually i never really thought about it. the end of the movie does have this strange kind of everything's socially awkward and not really going our way for our characters napoleon has his big jamiroquai dance which by the way it's not a talent show we sort of misremember right. that we it's it's an election where they have to have a skit yeah the vote for pedro thing dovetails into a show right which Pedro doesn't prepare a skit because apparently he doesn't know he has to it's have no one. hope for the world. Apparently he's just so <laughs> far gone. But Napoleon, Napoleon does this weird dance for like probably the longest scene in the movie. It's a straight like two minutes of him yeah. dancing. Um, there's awkward silence. It seems like it didn't play well. And then out of nowhere, it's standing ovation. Everyone's super into it. Pedro wins the election. Right. Napoleon gets the girl. Right. Uncle Rico has an angel ride up. Grandma's like on the men. She's fine <laughs> and feeding llamas. And it's like, and then, I mean, and this happened a little earlier, but Skip's uh, internet girlfriend, LaFonda, comes and visits, turns him hood, right. gives him a chain and do-rag, <laughs> and then he's off to be married and have a... Like, it just... The whole movie takes a super weird, like, everything's great turn. Yeah, it takes a very Shakespearean, everybody gets married yeah. turn. Almost in a, in a way where I feel like it's almost a joke. Like, if, like, I didn't really pick up on this the first time, but it feels like... 
subversive in a way or is some, it's kind of like oh it's a movie and here's the movie ending and it's it's almost like a joke on it yeah well everybody's been suffering kind of so much it makes sense that like subversive to them would be like and yet somehow they still live happily ever after and of course it I, you know, I remembered it in the first half, and, and it played just as well this time. Beginning of the movie, they established that uh, poor Napoleon has nobody to play tetherball with. Yes. So he's playing tetherball solo, which everybody thinks is hilarious. And then at the end, Deb comes up after, you know, they've been sort of estranged, and she comes and joins him, and he basically has the courage to ask a girl the proper thing at the proper time, which is, hey, you want to play me? She's like, right. yeah, sure. And I mean... <laughs> It's still goofy, but well, it's like... he did ask Summer. She just turned him down. She just right. turned him down, yeah. right. Yeah, someone said yes, that's true. You're absolutely right. And, so, and it's just really sweet, and, and she's kind of letting him win, and it's... the They're playing... Uh, what's it? The Which song? Uh, the Promise. The Promise, yeah. which is hilarious, because the, the, the tetherball starts whipping around the pole at, at lightning speed at right at the time when the song picks up. I don't know. Just yeah. clever. Well, I, I when I first watched it, I remember liking that ending, and I like it again this time. And I, I think my favorite part about it is it is kind of a romance story, like him and Deb have a, a kind of a fatuation with each other. But I like that they don't go anywhere right crazy with it it's not like they have some kiss or like oh now we're in love or some bullshit like i don't even that. think they hug no nah, not no <laughs> no like like they basically just like let's play tetherball yay yeah, like, that's their version of uh the next step right which i mean it's great the closest it gets is they have moments like they're at the school dance and they slow dance together right in that other great scene yeah we were about. to like time after time right. as she's literally dressed like cindy lopper <laughs> and then i think there's at one point in the camera shop he accidentally puts his like hand on her hand and there's an right. awkward moment where they're kind of holding hands accidentally and he's like oh <laughs> right that's it yeah and it certainly reminds me of my high school experience, which sure. was zero going on, <laughs> right? Lots of awkwardness with friends, like <laughs> like I, accidentally touch. Well, see, that's the thing. In my school, we were a lot more touchy feely. It would be like, "Oh, hey, everybody I know, let's all hug." So it was very, you know, my school was very, uh, oh, wow, okay, very affectionate. Was it a hippie so, school was it in I, the I, desert. No, it just was. Smoking, it was or? just small. It was okay. just there were only a couple hundred of us. <laughs> so we well, no fucking hugging in my school, not. <laughs> Man, y'all were so brutal to we each hugged, other. We hugged plenty. It was fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He just had this sad expression on this sad, lonely expression. <laughs> I'm kidding. Do you want to play tetherball with me? <laughs> I've been looking for Burnham for a long time, John. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, we should talk about... Uh, I, I completely forgot this, but there's like an additional scene... At the end oh, of the right. credits, that when I first went and saw the movie, it wasn't in the movie. They actually like shot a wedding scene be- between Skip and LaFonda after the movie had already been out in the right. theater. It's it's just, just I I can't think of another time this has like happened in in a movie that to my <sighs> knowledge, where like they're adding scenes when it's already been released. It has been done. Of, I just can't think of where. I mean. I'm sure it has, but it's it's certainly rare. So my experience was well, the first time I saw it, that scene was not in the film. Right. And then when I took someone to see it a few months later when it got really popular, 
it was added to the movie. Right. And I, it's a neat, it's a kind of a funny scene. It's a little like over the top. I mean, that's silly to say, but like <laughs> Napoleon comes in like Errol Flynn on a horse, you know? Well, kind like, of, except he's, he's, he's only barely holding on, which is the funny part. Sure. He's trying to look cool, <laughs> but he's all, he's very near to falling off, it's which just, is great. Right. But it's a weird ending. Like they get married and Skip gives like a really silly song at the, that's kind of funny. And then, Napoleon rides in and then like the end and then they right. take off on the horse. I remember thinking like, okay, I, I guess it's cool. They shot something new, but like, why add this? What did this <laughs> add to the movie? Like, right. what's the point of this? I mean, I guess just more jokes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that song's funny and there's a couple things in that. It's funny. I, I, I don't know. You were reading about it and you said that the budget on the pickup deleted or new scene yeah. was like half that of the movie itself. Of the original movie. Yeah. yeah. Because they had the whole cast there. It's like, okay, sure. to fly everybody out, to get everybody to look like they did, you know, months or years ago whenever the film was actually done to actually, you know. I would it, wager at least a year or two, right? Like At least, because be. it went to Sundance first yeah. and then it got released. So those, I mean, yeah, like a year or plus more and they have to make everybody look exactly the same again, which means John Heater's got to go get his hair repermed and <laughs> whatever all else. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's goofy. I mean, it's for me, I remember it because I think I saw it in the theater the first time. I must have seen right. it after it hit. So like, for you, it was like, like one yeah. experience. So for me, yeah, it was just part of the movie and it was just like, oh, OK, it is goofy. It does like when you find out that it came later, it's like, oh, well, that makes sense because the tetherball scene really like buttons the movie nicely. And it's like, you don't need that. I mean, it's funny, sure. but you don't need all that extra stuff to, you know, complete the picture. You know, like you say, the joke's yeah. been made. Everybody got what they wanted Absolutely. in life. So, I mean, it is a post credit scene. So, like, you know, it's fine. Like, it's not like just the new end of the movie or something. <laughs> right. Like, the movie still ends where it ends and then the credits roll. So that that's good. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes. The going that. into the ship, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, that was not good. That was the... <laughs> Was that that was for like a re-release in the theater yeah. or like special edition? Like it had been out for months or almost a year yeah. or whatever, and then Spielberg went and refilmed like the ending to see yeah, the inside of the ship. Like you know what was great about Close Encounters was not <laughs> seeing inside and leaving the mystery. Like let's ruin the shit out of that and just show you all the bullshit. Like it's like adding more shark. You know, like <laughs> right. the, the mechanical shark and Jaws just failing. Yeah, <laughs> here's a scene of the of the giant shark sinking to the bottom of the sea. Uh, all right, so Napoleon Dynamite holds up. Yes, solid I, I, hold up. A real casual solid. <laughs> I like that. A casual, casual holds up. Casual hold up. Yeah, very nicely done. Okay, well, glad that's out of the way. Uh, what are we doing next time, John? Well, I think next time is is your pick. I know, and it's Halloween. Yeah. What does that mean, John? Please don't make me ro watch Rob Zombie's Halloween again. <laughs> We're gonna watch it Please, again. No, I'm, I'm begging you. Uh, no, I believe what we are going to be watching is the '80s masterpiece, The Hitcher. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. If you want to write us and tell us what you think, you can hit us up at holduppodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our Instagram account, holduppodcast. Come join us. Join the fun. Go to our Facebook page and add your uh, viewer requests. We've gotten a... Um, yes. Please keep your suggestions coming. We we've got... As, as soon as we knock them off the list, people very kindly <laughs> add, you know, many, many, many more. It's like Hydra. Cut off a... Oh, uh, no. Cut off a movie and two more take its place. But that's great. I love it. So please... Uh, give us some suggestions we'd love to hear it also if you have the time 
and you're a fan of listening to this podcast, do us a solid and um, go on iTunes and just give us a rating. Uh, it really helps to sort the podcast and make it be found by other people and stuff. And so we would really appreciate it. It would help us out a lot. Thank you all for joining us. And until next time, nobody move, nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets hurt.